Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pipes and Piety. Uh, I'm Tristan. I'm Micah. And we are short one person tonight. James is not with us tonight uh, because he's sick this time. So uh, last episode, turntables have turned. Oh, oh, how the (laughs) turntables! Because. Um, anyways, so Micah is, or Micah, Micah's right right in front of me. I'm the only faithful one. James, James is the one that is gone this week, um, because this time he is sick, so, um. I think I'm going to tell the future and say I'm going to be sick next time. And it'll just be me and James. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And, yeah. That's that's how it's always going to be. You have to always be here, no matter what. (laughs) You can't get sick. So, anyways, (laughs) um, putting that aside, we are continuing our tradition this week, um, it got put on hold last week. It did get put on hold. It did, it, it did get. It did get. Put did, on, did, it did, that did, got put on. It got put on hold last week, and we don't know what happened, but it just didn't happen. Darn so, damn it! This this week we are um, going to be drinking something together. Uh, Micah, oh, yeah. Micah grabbed something for us. Um, this time he did tell me what it was, but I don't remember, so it's still going to be a surprise. So it'd be great. Take a cup. No, you keep the cup and then pour it and then oh, yeah. give me the cup. Yeah, I, I'm just going to have to give you the cup oh, back in shoot. a second. I just realized I don't have a bottle opener. <laughs> well, we're just going to look at it. Crap. Where's my keys? Um, um, here. Let me... <laughs> That's a lovely sound yeah, for y'all. We should have thought this out. Uh, while should... he's getting that off his keychain, I will talk about this a little bit. This is called Dragon's Milk. I've heard about it, um, but I've, I've heard good things about it, but I've never tasted it. It's a, so it's a stout, but it's been aged in bourbon barrels. And we've done a few like that that's like aged in something or another, and we seem to like them. I don't know if Tristan will like this, but I'm using a D-clip as a bottle opener, and it works! Yeah. Cool. So if you're ever... Stranded. Uh, I with promise I've never, I've never, I've, I'm not an alcoholic, but I have done that before. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> on you multiple know occasions. That, how else would you know a D clip is good? Oh my gosh, this is thick. Is it? Is it like syrup? I'm Holy sorry, cow. I just gave you a lot. Don't drink all that. I'll just split this. That one is between the that two is thick. You know that does that does actually though the look of it. It reminds me a lot of the first one we oh, did. Villa. Oh, Villa. Throwback to when we started this. And you know what? It smells like it too. It smells good. I'll be. It smells really good. I think I'm gonna like this one. Well, I'll be Calvinist. Well, I'll, I'll be Calvinist. <laughs> uh, oh, should I read some more about it? I guess. Yeah, yeah. New. Let's see. New Holland Brewery. I've not even heard of them before. So the tasting notes: roasted, malty, smooth. It's brewed in Holland, Michigan. That's all it says. 11, really? 11% alcohol by volume, so we're not going to be finishing this. We will not be drinking the whole thing. Um, what was it? What did we have last time? Um, well, so we started recording. That's right. And we didn't That's end right. up publishing that one. So that tasting got scrapped, and we didn't end up doing a tasting one. It was just me and James. That's right. But it was really good, and... Um, do you want to say what that was? <laughs> sure. Um, it's called um, Double Bastard in the Rye. Um, I don't remember any of the. I don't remember any of the details about it. It was aged in something as well, 
and it was I think whiskey barrels. Yeah, that's what it was. But I'm a fan of age, like taking a beer and aging it in a spirit barrel or yeah. liquor. Liqueur. Liqueur. It's really good. All right. Um, well, let's taste this. See what it's like. It almost smells like root beer. That's good. It kind of tastes like Ovilla. Yeah. Without the cherries. Yeah. It's good. If you, guys, if you guys remember our, our first time we did this, it was the Ovilla. Uh, what was it? What was the full name of it? Uh, quad 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 Belgium style ale, something like brewed that. in a uh, by monks in an abbey, right? And it had the a a chocolatey cherry flavor to right. it. I don't know. It was brewed it was really cherries. good though, really good. Yeah. But this this tastes a lot like that. Hmm. This makes me want a pet dragon. Well, if, this is what, is, if this is what dragon's milk is. Dragon's milk. I want a pet dragon. I'm going to milk it. All right. Well, there you go. So that's Dragon's good. milk. We've got to be... Okay. I'm going to set it a little bit of a distance. I tend to drink just anything that's in front of me. Like if I go to... you got to be careful with I don't that. know if you notice, but... So we go out to eat for lunch every Sunday. And I'll just drink whatever is in front of me. And they'll continue to bring me drinks. And I'm not necessarily... I'm not talking alcoholic drinks. Just soda. And I will drink and drink and drink. And then by the time I'm done, I have to, I feel like I have three gallons in my bladder and it's painful. I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. It's a little fact about me that I won't charge you for. (laughs) Free facts about Micah. That should be a section on this podcast. (laughs) A whole section. What a deal too, because they're free. Oh yeah. Everyone wants to know. Everyone wants to know about Micah. So what we're talking about last night or tonight. What we're talking about tonight. Tonight. This was not recorded ahead of time. <laughs> and even if it was, why would we say last night? True. Um, what we're talking about tonight is unconditional election. So uh, as Micah and James pointed out in their most re- recent episode that they released, um, we are going through a series on Tulip. Mm-hmm. Um, just very briefly go through a description of what Tulip is, uh, just as a quick recap. As a recap. Of what you guys yes. talked about so last week, just a quick recap. Last week we talked about how we, so we're a reformed podcast, and uh, up to this point we haven't really talked about that much. We've kind of mentioned reformed theology, so we wanted to give, we thought it would be important and necessary to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so we t- started talking about the Protestant Reformation, and specifically the theology that came out of the Reformation pertaining to salvation. Um, How are we saved? What does God do to get us saved? And essentially, um, to summarize what we came up with, was um, out of the Reformation, the the Reformation had been going on a while. Uh, John Calvin, this was after John Calvin, uh, there started to be a, a movement against the Reformation as it was started called the Remonstrance, and they... Uh, started, um, well, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on forever if I don't sum it up. So to make it short, because <laughs> we literally spent the first half of the podcast talking yeah. about this. To make it short, uh, the Remonstrant started such a big stir that they had to call a synod. And it was the Synod of Dort. And out of that came the Canons of Dort. And essentially, 
these guys who were going against Calvinism came up with five points to define their theology on basically on salvation. And as a reaction out of that, the Synod of Dort came out with the five points against that, which was what we now call five points of Calvinism or Tulip or the Canons mm-hmm. of Dort. So, whoo! So, Tulip is an acronym then, right? Yes, yes, yes. For the five points. So, last week was total depravity, the first point, mm-hmm. T. Uh, this week we're doing unconditional election, yes. right? And then there are three more points after that. Um, limited atonement. Thank you. Limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Yes. So, this right. will be a five-part series as we make our way through that. Now... Just to be clear, um, during the Reformation, it can be easy to say that, um, or not necessarily easy to say, but some people could jump to the conclusion that the Reformers just pulled these ideas out of their butts. Yeah, a lot of people try to say that. Yeah. Especially the Catholics. So why, like, how can we say that they didn't, like... Yeah, so what the Reformers were doing, and we talked about this a little bit last week, um is that they actually had access to the Bible, something that the Roman Catholic Church had kept to the priesthood, the ability to have a Bible for yourself and read it. Um, so as they were, as the Reformers were reading it, and we recognize that this is obviously conviction of the Holy Spirit as uh, interacting through these men as they read God's Word. Uh, but what they were seeking to do was not uh, form their own theology to get away from the Catholic Church, though they were trying to get away from the Catholic Church. Uh, but they were getting back to biblical theology. Mm. They're getting back to what the gospel said. And it's not only not only that, but uh, we don't see them being the original thinkers in these doctrines. Obviously, it starts with the writers of the, of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But even after that, we see it in the early church and the, and the teachers that came after the apostles. And, right. You know. Yeah, I mean, one of the main things in Reformed theology is one of the solas, sola scriptura. Right. Right. Yeah. Their ideas were only coming from scripture. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that they were just making up on their own or on the spot or no just idea that popped in their head like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Yeah. It was only from scripture. Yeah. Which, by the way, I briefly mentioned last episode how there's a bunch of documented writings on early church fathers who have these same uh, reformed thoughts. Um, we didn't include that in the episode just because we were running long, uh, but I have that resource if anyone wants to take a gander at it. It's pretty interesting. It goes through each of the sections of Tulip, and, mm-hmm. it, and it goes through uh, different teachers in the early church, who, and it quotes them uh, saying those kind of things. Hmm. Good. Well, um, this may end up being a, a shorter episode than normal just because Micah and I are both more to the point kind of people. Yeah. So, well, um, not only that, but last episode required a lot of, we had to set the background of what the Reformation was. Right. And now what's important, uh, what's important is that everything from now on flows out of our first point. Right. <clears throat> so that being said, unconditional election. That's what we're talking about tonight. Yes. Um, just briefly define in your own words, um, what unconditional election is. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to think through it in my head. Um, no, yeah, fine. In um, order to define this, I think we need to summarize our last point because it sets us up for understanding what election is. 
Right. And so in total depravity, essentially what we found were a couple things. One, we have a sin nature mm-hmm. from Adam. Two, that sin nature is so, uh, I don't know a good word, so central to us or core to us that it impacts every part of us and it puts us in bondage and, and enslaved. Mm-hmm. It's, we're enslaved to it. Yeah. We are permanently bent towards sin. That right. is what we will always run towards. Yeah. Um, we always desire sin. We don't right. desire No one Christ. seems after good. Yeah. And we pointed out plenty of scripture to back this up. So go back and yeah. listen to it if you want. But essentially what we saw was that we are unable to come to Christ because of our moral condition, our moral inability, and our sin nature. So that sets us up then for asking the question, how do we come to Christ then? If we aren't able to overcome our sin, and if we aren't able to see Christ on our own, it has to be that God is the one taking the first step and bringing us to salvation. So that's where we get to election. So how does God bring us to salvation? Well, he chooses us in Christ. I think that's essentially, I mean, one. if you want to sum up what election is, it's the process of him choosing us. Right. And you guys actually referenced a verse in your podcast. It was uh, John 6, 43, starting in 43 and going through 44. Uh, Jesus answered them. So he's speaking to the Jews. Uh, they said, so the Jews... So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Then they said, how does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Yeah. And we briefly mentioned this last time talking about the divine initiative that it has to be the Holy Spirit regenerating us. Right. Yeah. And it's also important we get that order right. And we talked about it in the last podcast, but we're regenerated and then we believe. Mm-hmm. We don't right. have faith and then yeah. we're regenerated. So, but it's an interesting point too. So Jesus can also be quoted saying, no one can come to the Father except through me. Right. So not only does the Father have to call you to go to Jesus, but you can't get to the Father except by first going to Jesus. Right. Faith in Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. But that faith in Jesus can only come from the Holy Father. Uh, Father, yeah, sending His. Spirit. The Father's call. Yeah, but anyway, so the unconditional election as a whole, there are some people that just like to completely dismiss it as a theology altogether. Mm-hmm. But we know it's in the Bible. Any any Christian who believes the Bible has to understand that election is there. Any Christian that spends time in the word is going to see the word election. Yeah. And it's sad that I... Whether it's election, predestination, chosen before the foundations of the earth. And it's sad because I've heard people say, well, that word's not even in the Bible. And I mean, read the the first two chapters, well, especially the first two chapters of Ephesians, Mm-hmm. Say election like every other word. So if we're going to take the Bible seriously, and, th- and we're not even dealing with how you interpret this, right? Right. If you're going to take the Bible as the word of God and not presuppose something onto the text, 
you have to deal with right. the doctrine of election. You have to understand that it's there. You can't just you can't just take yeah. it and throw it out because you don't like the word. You can't just ignore the verses so, that say that. Go ahead and go ahead and read that first part of Ephesians there. Yeah, so Ephesians chapter one. Um I'm just gonna start reading in verse three. It says, Blessed be the God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world so that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us, in all wisdom, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. That was up to verse 9. I think that kind of proves the point. Yeah. Election is in the Bible. Yeah. So now now we've established it's it's in the Bible, it's there. You can't just throw it out, whether how much and that's just you want to me. or not, it's there. And that's just that's just It's all over one small section of a chapter is all that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all over the scripture. Now we get down to whether you believe it's conditional or unconditional. Right. So what we've kind of a little defined a little bit what unconditional election is. Mm. So then conditional election obviously would probably just be the opposite of that, right? And so um, it is God seeing a good work in your life at some point in time or that choice that you made at some point in time Mm -hmm. before the foundations of the earth, he sees you make that choice. And so that's why he chooses you. Yeah. Would that be an accurate description? Yeah. So if you're actually going to be a good theologian, even if you, if you, even if you're going to misinterpret it, a, an individual who does not believe our perspective would say that. So, or sorry, conditional election and this has been quoted a lot. It's like God works, looks down the corridors of time and he sees you and he sees who would accept him, who would deny him. And based off of what he sees, he then elects you in Christ and predestines you for salvation. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. But well, at least they're still using the word. They're recognizing they're that recognizing election that and predestination. Election is there. Are part of they're the not Bible. just throwing it out yeah. because they don't like the word. Yeah. But... But by so, contrast, unconditional election would be the opposite. Right. It has nothing to do with us. It's not based off of a choice we made. Because if you remember back to last episode, and this is why this builds out of last episode, even if God did look down in time and did look to see who was choosing him, who would be choosing him? Nobody. Nobody would no, be choosing because him. we are totally depraved. It, we literally read we verses have... last week that says nobody choose God, chooses God. Nobody seeks after God on their own. We're unable to come to God. So e- even if you're going to hold this view of conditional election, it doesn't even work because we can't choose Christ on our own. Right. So what then do you say to Romans eight twenty nine? Because a lot of people what use that ye? verse. <laughs> what say you? 
a lot of people that. use that verse for this exact instance for conditional, election. Uh, for conditional election. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also uh, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this verse, regardless of your stance, you have to come to the reality that God is choosing who will come to Jesus. It's literally saying that, and it's based mm-hmm. off of his foreknowledge. So instead of dealing with whether or not he elects or not, what we need to deal with is what that foreknowledge is, because it's obvious that he elects right. based off of his foreknowledge. And the and the problem here is in the original language is, or let me back up for a second. Those who say conditional election, that God looks down in time, sees who would choose him, and based off of him seeing that free will in action, he elects them. They would say that th- that is what this foreknowledge is. It's knowing something prior to it happening, which God does mm-hmm. have that kind of foreknowledge. He does know things prior before it, prior to f- before it happens. But that's not the language being used here. And if we look at the context and if we look at the original language being used, this foreknowledge is not just an informational knowing facts. It's knowing somebody intimately and knowing somebody relationally. If you think about what how the Bible says that when he when it says that Adam knew Eve, Adam doesn't just know that Eve is a person. Uh, it refers it's using that kind of knowledge to refer to when they're lying together. Mm. That's not just knowing right. the other person. That's being yeah. intimately connected with them and yeah. knowing about them and having a relationship with them. So he foreknew us in that that in that we were children. Yeah. Of him. That's right. But I would even go so far as to say that they're not paying attention to the whole verse. So it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. He knew them and then predestined them to be conformed to change their hearts. Yeah. To be conformed to the image of his son. So you're running into a logical conflict here. If you're going to say that he predestines us according to his foreknowledge of knowing our choice. That's doesn't work because we literally just see that he's the one that conforms us to yeah. the image of he's, his son. Yeah. So boom, bada bing. So conditional election is wrong. It's unconditional. Yeah. It's basically what we're, by the way, but I'll just add this in there. Another free, I'm going off script here. That could be dangerous. <laughs> we don't have a script. Yeah, we don't. Um, <laughs> I think this is this is my heart behind this, and I, I think I can speak for all of us, even James that's not here. I think our aim in this is to just give a basic understanding of what these doctrines are, because there's a lot of like deep, rich theological stuff out there, mm-hmm. which is good. Like, go search that out. That that's helpful. What we want to be able to do is speak to the layperson and and give you an understanding of what this is. Right. Would you agree with that? I would agree, yeah. I would agree. And yeah. not only that, but we want to tell people, like, we want to show people not only what we believe, but why we believe it Yeah, with Scripture. That's not just... We don't... We're, yeah. we're not just pulling stuff out of our butts. <laughs> there, are, there are reasons to why we believe what we believe. And yeah. so we want to show that with Scripture to help warn people against as well. Yeah. The false theologies that are out there. Yeah. So. And I might be getting ahead of myself, but just so you know what this, 
what Arminianism gets at is take it strips glory away from God in the gospel. It's right. saying that we have some sort of power to bring us to salvation. Yeah. It doesn't it, admit that it doesn't say that Jesus doesn't save us, but it's giving us a place that we don't believe. Right. It's taking all of that work that Jesus did and the, he died yeah. on the cross doing and making it dependent and on you. saying that that wasn't enough. Right. How, who are we to even... <laughs> Look out. Here, here he goes. <laughs> who are we who do you to say God didn't work enough? Mm. Yeah. That is just so... Sorry. <laughs> I need to... Uh, <laughs> I need to calm down. <laughs> with grace. <laughs> truth. With grace. We have absolutely no right to look at God and say that he did not do enough for Mm -hmm. us. He literally died for us. Yeah. And I don't think that's the intention necessarily. I don't even think they realize what I don't think it is either. They have this. But whenever you think about what they're saying. Yeah. And they being the opposite of of what we're saying. The the opposite argument of. Calvinism. And we're also we're not trying to say that we've got it all figured out. We definitely don't. Oh, no. We definitely don't. Um, I would even like go so far as to say R.C. Sproul, probably one of the smartest theologians I know of, Sproul, <laughs> didn't have it all figured out. Yeah, and he would have said the same thing. Almost, but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he was up there more than us. <laughs> Way more than us. Yeah, but. He would tell you. He would have told you. He didn't have it all figured out. But man, he was looking forward to the day. Yeah. And now he knows. Mm-hmm. But there, well, there's way we don't recognize how little we have to do with. Well, we have nothing to do with our salvation. Nothing. Absolutely except, nothing. Except believing, and even that is produced by the Holy Spirit. Right. But if we're going to accept our sin nature, which, mo- like we talked about last episode most people do realize the extent of our sin but it enables us to come to christ that point is not as hard to accept from some people but what i don't get is that if you're going to accept that then you have to see that if you are to come to christ it has to be him doing the work it can't be you right he has to choose you right Hmm. and i think we'll probably get out later choosing some but not others know how that plays yeah. Why choose? Which is a, a a difficult, right? Difficult topic, but yeah, it's biblical. Yeah, so we can't just throw it out because we don't like it. But on that note, um, <laughs> now we've talked about unconditional election, um, indeed, and conditional election. We know the difference. Um, moving on, so we know we're not the first people in the Bible shown in the Bible. That God chose, right? To be elected. To yeah. be elected, right. Not not like shown in the Bible. It doesn't just chose. show up in the New Testament. Right. And so um, God, he also chose Israel among the nations, yes. right? Yes, yes. Which nobody has a problem accepting that. Right. Which I don't understand this. But everyone accepts the fact that God chose Israel uh, in spite of their sin. Right. And elected them to be now, the people of God. You've got Deuteronomy seven six up there. 
Yes. Would you Talking read that? about Israel here. It says, the Lord your God has chosen you, he's talking to Israel, to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Hmm. So it's clearly out of everyone on the earth, God specifically chose one people group yeah, to be his possession. Yeah, for a purpose. Yeah. Not based off of anything they did. Right. But out of his grace and love and mercy, he yeah. chose them. And I think to see this idea, maybe the the reason that we don't connect that idea of election and the idea of election today is because we don't have a clear understanding of how Israel and the church are related. Mm. So if we can see how that gap is is bridged between the old covenant and the new covenant, Israel and the new and the church today, that election is still carried over. Yeah. Which you can see that connection <laughs> in one of our previous episodes, Pipes and Piety and Ecclesiology. Uh, which episode was it, Micah? Uh, I don't remember which number. It was Who is the Church, though. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Who is the Church. Um, go check it out. We started an Ecclesiology series, which we will be finishing um, once we kind of get better at being back in the routine of things. And so yeah. that's a, that's a really big series that we were planning on doing. One that would probably take at least a year to get all the way through. I think. Yeah. And um, we, yeah. But, but basically what we got out of that was the church today doesn't displace Israel or, yeah. or replace it, it or it's added to it. it we, we read verses. Um, We've been grafted in. Yeah, it's in here somewhere too. Romans, uh, but talking about how a wild shoot has been grafted in. Mm-hmm. The wild shoot is the Gentiles. Uh, and, and that's the church today. It's right We've been grafted into. Romans 11, yeah. 17. Read it. All right, moving on. So, oh, you're not gonna read it. Oh, you want me to read? It? <laughs> I just said read it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't talking Sorry. to them. I was talking Sorry. to you. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll read it. Uh, I'll actually start Romans eleven, eleven, all the way through twenty four. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? Uh, he's speaking about Israel here. By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their, will their full inclusion mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I am speaking to you, Gentiles. So he transitions here, and now he's talking to the Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as firstfruits is holy, so is the whole lump. Mm -hmm. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and it's now share in nourishing in the nourishing root of the olive tree do not be arrogant toward the branches if you are remember it is not you who support the root but the root who supports you mm. so the olive shoot are the gentiles right the branches are israel right the root is jesus christ yeah yeah but the right. and then the olive shoot is the olive shoot is us gentiles. the only way we are connected to Jesus Christ is because we have been grafted in. Right. 
So anyway, we we say all of that, and that's just, this is just one example uh, showing how the church today relates to Israel. But we say all that to say that we don't replace Israel. We don't displace it. We are we are enlarging Israel. We we become part of the same people of God. So then the same principle of election applies to the church today. That's how we got on this. We were talking about Israel being elect. Right. So all that to say, we are not the first elect. Um Anyways, that was a long way. Yeah, that. yeah, long, <laughs> long way about that. But it's but important. It's important because people realize that Israel's elect, right? And then so bridging that over by nothing that they did. It was not. It was right. not their own. And it literally doing. says, "I'm getting off another rabbit trail." But before that verse that you just read, if it was some by something they did, then grace would not be grace, right? And that's important because if we're saying that we have any part in our salvation, something to attain it, then it's not grace. Right. Because then it means we deserve it. Right. But no one deserves it. No no one deserves mercy. Right. Um, if he gave everyone what they deserved, right. we'd all be dead. Yeah, be if condemned. we want to talk about what's fair, yeah, then he would have saved nobody because we talked about our sin nature, right? For all have sinned, fallen short sure. of the glory of God. Right. But... Romans 9, 21 through 24. Arminians has, just take this whole chapter out of the Bible, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that might be a little harsh. But has, if you're an Arminian out there, by the way, we're not uh, like Arminians can still be brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. And stop making fun of them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are an Arminian out there, tell me, please, please tell me how you read Romans 9. I just don't understand. Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Wow. So it's obviously an analogy here with potter Mm -hmm. and clay. God is the potter. We are the clay. People are the clay. It's asking the question, and it's almost a rhetorical question because the answer is obvious. Has the potter no right over the clay? Right. Like, of course, the potter can make whatever he wants to out of the clay. And it's even saying... He can make vessels of wrath or, or, or dishonorable. Out of, out of the same lump. Yeah. We're, so we're not, makes we're not suggesting, though, that God ordains sin or evil. That's not what we're saying. But he has the power to, let me back up. He doesn't create evil. He can use it to accomplish his will. But we're not saying that God creates evil. We're saying that he can do whatever he will with, with the mm. clay. So, and so, that uh, go go ahead go ahead <laughs> go ahead. I'm trying to find where that ver- that verse continues in talking about Esau and Jacob. I think you're actually thinking of uh, Romans nine, eleven through thirteen. 
Actually, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you want to read that for us? Yeah. Um, though they were not yet born and had nothing either good, had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of his call, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Right. And this is, so that, that whole verse is talking about Jacob and Esau. And it pretty much sums up everything that we've talked about so far. It says that based on nothing that they've done, mm-hmm. but only for the purpose of God's, God's plan of election, so that it would continue. Mm-hmm. This is why he's chosen to do it this way. Mm-hmm. So that talks about how grace is, or election's unconditional, based off of nothing that we've done. All right. So wait, so are you telling me that salvation belongs to the Lord? I am, Tristan. In fact, <gasps> no way. Is, who says that in the Bible? I don't know. Or what Who book does say that? Um, I don't know because I've all, all of a sudden lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, a guy in the Old Testament named Jonah. Hey, he has an entire book here. He does. Uh, so <laughs> what does he say? He says salvation salvation belongs to the Lord. He does say that. Probably just like that, too. Probably, in English. Um, um, in English, yep. Yeah. Um, no. With that voice. <laughs> Salvation belongs to the Lord. But anyway, what's... Simba. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you deliberately disobeyed me. You deliberately disobeyed me. Okay. So what nope. is this showing Trademark. us? Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Throwback. that wasn't in the last episode. I was disappointed. I <laughs> anyway, and I thought James and I were rabbit trailers. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what this is showing us... Is that God, he was the author of salvation, right? So he's always been on the giving end of salvation. And sinners, if we receive salvation, have always been on the receiving end of grace. Mm. We have nothing to do with it. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. So if God would have based... That was a delicious sound... (laughs) I'll take it out. <laughs> or not. <laughs> so if if God would have based salvation on the condition of our choice by looking ahead in time, would he have seen us choosing him? I think we actually already yeah, talked about yeah, this, didn't we? The answer is no. No, it's not. Or no, it's not. Yes, it is. The answer is no. No, he would not have seen us. Wait, him. you probably just confused everybody listening. I did. You confused Listen. me. <laughs> Listen. No, the answer is yes. That no one seeks after good. No, no one. one. Not one. Yeah, and so that's why this flows out of the last episode. Right. Not because only, we're totally depraved. Yeah. So the, all of these, if you believe in total depravity... If you're going to be a logical human being. If you're going to be a logical human <laughs> <I'm> being. <kidding. laughs> Let's be honest. If you're going to believe in total depravity, all the rest of these to fall its into full place. Extent. I mean, which is why total depravity is first. Yeah. You have to understand that we are completely and totally unable. Yeah. It's like we said in the last episode, it's the call for the gospel. Right. It's why we need to be saved because we can't do anything. Right. And I mean, just the word saved implies that we were rescued from something and that we were in need. Now, here's here's where we get into the fun topic. It's fun. 
And Stay at the this, it's, this, is a, this is one of the big reasons why a lot of people choose to remove unconditional election. Because if he chose to save some, did he choose to damn others? Can you say that? Hmm? Can you say that? I just did. <laughs> now, people, people will think, well, you're thinking logically, aren't you? Logically, yes, he did. Yeah, so this is where we get into what's called hyper-Calvinism. Right. And where he, double predestination, he chose right. some for heaven and some for hell, basically. Right. But what's the verse that we have quoted time and time again? Romans. Probably somewhere in Romans. It is we Romans. Say, we say we we quote read, Romans a yeah. lot. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a great book. It is. I mean, it's the Bible. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. What were you specifically referring to? No one, no one seeks after yes. good. Yeah. So we were literally, we are in a dead sprint towards hell. Based we are the ones that choice, chose. We are the ones that chose damnation. Yeah. We are the ones. And, and this is why people think that Calvinists are these robots, right? right? Because we have no free will. and no, We have free will. And in our free will, we chose hell. Mm-hmm. So in la- in last episode we talked about a little bit how our freedom is still intact, but our will has also been impacted by our sin nature. Right. So that we're in bondage to sin, and all that we desire is sin. Right. So freely we choose to rebel against Christ. Right. But when He saves us, what happens? We're saved. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 wait. Let's back up a little bit. Yeah, sorry, I'm jumping. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Because of that, he has to save. Exactly. Because if he didn't, everybody would rightly uh, be punished by the wrath of God for yeah. eternity. Yeah. So out of his mercy and his desire to love and show his love. So what we're getting at here is by saving some, he he exercises mercy and grace. The others are getting what we all should have deserved and what they inevitably deserve because of, of their rebellion against mm-hmm. God. And yes, God could have saved everyone if he, if he desired to, but that's not how he did it, right? He, he, mm-hmm. he exercised mercy on some and the others got justice. And what this does, mercy and justice, by allowing some to be saved and allowing others to receive justice, it displays the full character of God. Right. If everyone was saved, we wouldn't know the justice of God. Right. Not only that, but God wouldn't be good because he would allow justice. He would be corrupt. He would allow, yeah. He wouldn't be just, is what I was trying to say. And that's yeah. that, that quote, James James loves this quote from Paul Washer. Paul Washer's asked by a group of people, uh, what, what, do you, what's, what about God scares you the most? And Paul Washer mm-hmm. says, he's good. Yeah. When we don't think like that would be the last and thing. And people people, people chuckle and laugh about it. And he goes and he says it again. He says, "God is good, mm-hmm. and I am not." See, think about this. God is a judge, and you are a criminal on death row. And when you hear that the judge is corrupt, you get a little bit excited. You think, "Oh, maybe I'll get get off scot free, right?" Mm-hmm. But when you hear that the judge is good. That's scary because 
you know that he is going to be just in his decision. Yeah. God was just in his decision because someone paid the price that we deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in salvation, he still main, re, maintains his justice because mm-hmm. that was placed on right. Jesus. The wrath of God was placed on Jesus. By the way, quoting Romans uh, 3, 10, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. All have turned aside. Mm-hmm. Every single soul on this earth has gone for a dead sprint towards hell because that's what we want. Right. Or it's what we think we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he must elect. Mm-hmm. And it can't be because off it was of anything that we did <laughs> because we literally just said we can't. Mm-hmm. So it has to be him taking an active role in salvation. And by doing that, he gets 100% of the glory. How could it be grace if we got some glory in that? How could it be salvation? What would we be saved from if we did something? Nothing. <laughs> you can't we... hear a head shake, bro. Huh? <laughs> you can't hear a head shake. <laughs> he just shook his head at me. <laughs> Mm. Uh, sorry (laughs) by the way we're thinking about doing a podcast uh the first ever sign language podcast where we sign people (laughs) it's not gonna work (laughs) we actually thought of that today because james was sick i was like well just join us and you can sign with him he has no voice rabbit trail Um, alert yeah anyways (laughs) And we thought that James was the bad rabbit trailer. Yeah, we really did. We thought we thought. I think what we're, we're figuring out is it's actually all of us. Yeah, let's be honest here. <laughs> uh. So let's kind of wrap this up. We're um, we're about fifty minutes in right now, which is good. That's a decent decent sized podcast. So let's kind of wrap this up a little bit. So first, I, I do want to ask a question though. Corporate election, the Arminians' way out. Of dealing with the doctrine of election. Explain that a little bit more. Explain it? Yeah. Uh, So corporate election is the belief that God elects believers, but he doesn't elect a sinner to salvation. Hmm. So they, in other words, they freely choose salvation. They, They were, based off their free agency, or their free will, were able to bring themselves to the decision of salvation. And... By that, they are elected in Christ. Hmm. Because they did that, God elects them in Christ. It's another way of saying that God looks down the corridors of time. So it's like saying he elects the church. So this whole... Blasphemy! (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, well... People come up with all all of these crazy ideas because... I say crazy ideas, they're not necessarily... They're just trying to... They're just trying to make things seem better in their minds. Yeah, what they don't like to, to be out of it, control. It really, it's because they don't believe that election is fair. Mm. Or good. But or the, fair, reason, yeah, like, the reason why they don't believe that election is fair 
is because they don't see, they don't fully comprehend the depths of their sin, the depths of their depravity, mm. and therefore are not fully comprehending the holiness and might and majesty of our God. Yeah. And it is like, I know I was, I was getting, I was getting worked up and I was getting kind of heated earlier, <laughs> but it is such a sad thing to think because that faith in something other than Christ is what damns people. Yeah. That is what sends people. If we truly, it, go ahead. If we truly knew how holy God was, if we truly knew how sinful we are, we would shudder mm. and quake and realize that God has to do something. Yeah. Based on his own goodwill, his own desire. And that's the other thing. What are we so scared of, of God being in control of electing? He's good. Like his attributes aren't just right. going to all of a sudden change. Because he has the power to elect people. Yeah. He's choosing. So there's that, there's that saying, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Right. But that doesn't work with God. No. Because God is not limited by man's nature. God yeah. is not limited holy by sin good. because he is good. Yeah. Which allows us even to hold in tension. We can hold some things in tension, trusting that God is good. Like, yeah. we may not fully understand why God saves a certain person yeah. and not a certain person. I don't I I don't want to worship the God that is so small that he doesn't have the power to choose. Right. And that's I, not a I sovereign want to God. worship a God that is sovereign mm-hmm. and in control of all things. Yeah. That's the God that comforts me. Yeah. Well, a God that isn't is and not in control in the least That's not God. Yeah, that's not a sovereign God. As R. C. Sproul says, if God's not sovereign That's what I was trying to think of. God's not God. Yeah. God's not sovereign. But, God's not God. Anyways, the wages of sin is death. Yeah. We deserve nothing more than death. So you ask the, the fact question. that we are even alive to do this podcast right. is God's grace. So you ask the question, is election fair? It's absolutely not fair. You're right. It's so unfair. But why is it unfair? Because we don't deserve to even be alive. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's unfair, but not in the way people want to say it's unfair. It's unfair because he's giving more than he should. The better question is, why does he save anybody? Yeah. All right. So good. That's a good podcast. Well, oh, listen. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. I have to read this 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 quote that so beautifully sums up everything that we we have read or talked about. Can I do that? Go for it. So I'm as we've been going through the series, I've been reading a book or re-reading a book called For Calvinism, and it talks about uh, Tulip. And Who's everything. that book by? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, trying, I'm taking my beer glass off. <laughs> a beer bottle on the book of Calvinism. That's so appropriate. Anyway, For Calvinism by Michael Horton. He actually wrote this book in a response to a book called Against Calvinism. Uh, but this is what he says in his chapter on a election, which, by the way, he named Loved Before Time. <laughs> and this is, this is what he says. And it, this is how he starts the chapter, but it pretty much sums it all up. It says, The Church of Christ was conceived by the triune God before the world was ever created. Out of the mass of our condemned race, a bride was chosen by the Father for his Son, 
united to the Son by the Spirit. So there was never a moment when God did not love us, even when he knew we would be, and in fact, while we actually were, his sworn enemies. Mm. That's unconditional election. It speaks to the love of God. It's good stuff. Yeah. So what responsibility do we have as uh, humans? If we've been if we've been elect, it's all up to God to choose us. What responsibility do we have? Work out our salvation. Mm. That's, With that's fear that and at. trembling. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> I wish people could see us. The look on your face. Hmm. Um, it means that we have to do something to be saved. No. <laughs> nope. No. Nope. It's Let's talk- read the verse. Yeah. It's talking about what's coming out of our salvation. But why don't you read it? Let's read it here. Getting it pulled up right now. Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hmm. So it's obvious it's not a work to attain salvation. That's right. Because it says, work out your own salvation, but then immediately after that, within the same breath, in the same sentence, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it says, why? To shine his lights in the world. Yeah. And I mean, it goes back to just understanding what happens when we're saved. We're we're created. We take on a new nature where we we were represented in Adam and we took on his sin nature when we are in Christ. We're now represented by Christ and we take on his nature and we have a new person, a new self that desires to do good. Take off the old. Put on the new. Yeah. Be like Christ. So it's not works that it, to attain salvation, but it's works that come out of That's salvation. Right. So, but we still have a responsibility, right? It's not, and God's given us now the freedom to do those things. Whereas yep. before we couldn't. We had no choice mm-hmm. but to just run in a dead sprint towards hell. <laughs> that's good stuff got a little heavy there at the end yeah Um, but man does this speak of God's grace it does so what just to wrap things up what would you call what would you call people to do have a call to action here oh man first it oh for me it gives it tells me to be humble to realize my place before God apart from Christ what I deserve and then mm-hmm. to realize based on nothing that I've done he has chosen 
me to be his son. That happened to rhyme, but <laughs> but that's it's true. Like based on nothing I have done, all of humanity was headed for hell based off of their own choice. And instead of that's letting right. them all go there, God desired to show His love and save some. So that's, right. uh, that's not really a call to action. That's a summary. <laughs> no call to action is humility and gratitude and praise yeah. to God. That's right. My call to action would be trust God. Yeah. He's given you the ability to do so. Uh-huh. So do it. Yeah. And remember, if God's not sovereign, God's not God. That's, That's going to be our new tagline at the end. Nope. Copyright. Nope. Copyright. Or trademark. Trademark. That's it. <laughs> Dang it. Nope. Well. Trademark. And by the way, like we how we talked about how this all builds off of, of each other, this is gonna this kind of points to perseverance of the saints too. Yeah. Because he's accomplished this work. He's not gonna let us right. fall. But that's another episode on Pipes and Piety. <laughs> so with that being said, like us on all your social media outlets. Follow book, us on Bookface, Insta picture and What's the other one? Come on. Tweet, tweet. You're so close. (laughs) Tweet, tweet. (laughs) Anyways. Twitter. Oh, and Patreon. Thank you to all our listeners out there. Um, We really appreciate the support that you guys give us. If you have a way that you want to support us, we do have a Patreon out there. Feel free to help us out with that. That will help us pay for resources. It will help us pay for... um, What else do we need to pay for? Equipment. Equipment, um, yeah. Ads. Listen, this is as much as it is it is fun for us. Yeah. It does take a lot of uh time and energy and resources resources mm-hmm. uh to do this for you guys. So if you can support us, great. If not, it's okay. There's grace. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. But thank you very much to our listeners out there. Um as always, you can find us on any of the ones that we just said i'm really tired it's late we've been this has been a uh, kind of a long episode so (laughs) uh, especially for it just being two of us uh and we started a little bit later than normal so look out for our our next episode which will be why did you i'm the one that said it. i know i know i'm I'm trying to remember (laughs) t-u-l limited limited atonement which sounds limiting but we're gonna figure out that we're going to talk about it. We'll yeah, figure yeah, it out. Just save it. But hey, you Come know what? Back. Till next time, stuff that in your pipe.